Radio Theater Project, Theater of the Mind for Today. Comedies and dramas, mysteries and science fiction, old stories and new. Radio Theater Project, Theater of the Mind for Today. First, a mystery story written in the early 1900s by Baroness Ortsi. Baroness Emushka Ortsi was born in Hungary and later moved to Britain. Her most famous work is The Scarlet Pimpernel. She wrote a series of short stories published in 1910 about a policewoman named Lady Molly. She was the earliest, if not the first, official policewoman in detective fiction. Radio Theater Project presents the first in a series of four adapted stories featuring Lady Molly of Scotland Yard. In Edwardian London, the Metropolitan Police were charged with protecting its citizens from crime. If a crime was committed, then the detectives of Scotland Yard were brought in to bring the criminals to justice. Deep in the inner workings was an extraordinary woman detective known as Lady Molly of Scotland Yard. Written by Baroness Ortzi, adapted for radio by Joseph C. Maguire. This time we present The Nine Score Mystery. My name is Mary Grenard, and I work with Lady Molly of the Scotland Yard. Some say her ladyship is the daughter of a duke. Others say that she was born in the gutter, and that the handle has been soldered onto her name in order to give her style and influence. Yes, we always called her my lady, from the moment that she was put at the head of our section. The chief called her Lady Molly in our presence. A murder case? They're letting the female department handle a murder. Good morning, my lady. Please have a seat before you fall down with excitement. The chief says I may go down to nine score if I like, Mary. You? What for? <laughs> what for? Mary, don't you understand? It is the chance I have been waiting for, the chance of a lifetime. They are all desperate about the case up at the yard. The public is furious, and columns of sarcastic letters appear in the daily press. None of our men know what to do. They're at their wit's end. And so this morning, I went to the chief. Um, I... Yes? We have just got time to catch the 11 a.m. down to Canterbury. The chief says I may take whom I like with me. He suggested one of the men. I'd rather have you marry than anyone. Thank you, my lady. Who else? Who else? We will go over the preliminaries of the case together on the train. Must get to Charing Cross booking station. Tell me, how much do you know about the mystery? Let me see. Uh, this is what I read in the papers. The murder of Mary Nichols was committed at Ash Court, a fine old mansion which stands in the village of Ninescore. The court is surrounded by magnificently timbered grounds, and the most fascinating portion of which is an island in the midst of a small pond. The island is called the Wilderness and is at the furthermost end of the grounds, out of sight and earshot of the mansion itself. It was there that the body of a girl was found, on the 5th of February last. Very good. The unfortunate woman was lying on her face with 
the lower portion of her body on the small grass-covered embankment, and her head, arms, and shoulders sunk in the slime of the stagnant water just below. Pretty gruesome, my lady. If we are to show those men we are as good as they, we must put up with some unsavory sights. It is way past eleven. Shall we go to the dining car for tea? During tea, we went over the notes by the investigating policeman, D.I. Measures. Anybody in there? It's the police. Hello? Hello? What do you want around here? I'm the police. Uh, is this the place where May Nichols lives? Yes. We're looking for her sister, Miss uh, Susan Nichols. Are, miss. Are you daft? Do I look like a miss? It's Mrs. Hooker, and they ain't here. I'm sorry. When did you see him last? It'll be a fortnight tomorrow. I was just inside my own front door calling to the cat to come in. It was past seven o'clock, and at dark and night as ever you did see. And there was a nasty damp drizzle coming from everywhere. Susan and Mary come out of their cottage. I couldn't rightly see Susan, but I heard Mary's voice quite distinctly. Uh, hold, hold on there. Let me get my notebook out. There. Go on. Well, anyways, she says, I have to hurry, she says. I think they might be going to do some shopping in the village. Calls out to them that I'd just heard the church clock strike seven, and that being Thursday and early closing, they find all the shops shut at nine score. But they took no notice and walked off towards the village, and that's the last I ever seed o' them two. Any old happenings that you heard of? Oh, them two got at it like a couple of cats. Them two's always arguing. About what? A man. A real gent, as far as I can tell. He's come to pick up Mary Nichols up, and they go out. Susan Nichols would be irate and yell such horrible things. Like what? How this man was already engaged. By rights, he was too high for her aim. And that she was heading to the devil. Then D.I. Measures visits a Mrs. Williams. We've come here to have you help with inquiries, ma'am. Any help would be appreciated. Would you care for some tea, Inspector? Thank you, thank you. Tell me, what do you know about uh, Mary Nichols? I was taking care of her brother's daughter. He died, she said. We have heard rumors that the baby was hers, not some deceased brother's. I wouldn't know, Inspector. I was just paid five shillings a week to take care of the darling little girl. When was the last time you saw Mary Nichols? A fortnight tomorrow, a little after seven o'clock. Mary Nichols come running into my cottage. It was an awful night, pitch dark and a nasty drizzle. Mary says to me she's in a great hurry. She's going up to London by a train from Canterbury and wants to say goodbye to the child. She seemed terribly excited and her clothes were very wet. I brings baby to her and she kisses it rather wild-like and says to me, You'll take great care of her, Mrs. Williams, she says. I may be gone some time. Then she puts baby down and gives me two pounds, the child's keep for eight weeks. This is where we get off. Get your bag and let's disembark. This is Canterbury. We are going to tramp it to nine score, like two lady artists out to do sketching. Tomorrow is the inquest. We are not going to miss the next act of this drama. No matter what, the chief says. Nine score is a sleepy, out-of-the-way village, situated some seven miles from Canterbury, 
Nice lodgings. Would you agree, Mary? Hospitable. The inquest is over. The verdict? Murder. By person or persons unknown. Tell me what you have gained from the inquest. It will sharpen your mind. The ring and purse were produced. Also the dress worn by the murdered woman. All were sworn to by several witnesses as having been the property of Mary Nichols. Yes, I, I thought that was interesting. What else? Miss Nichols' head was absolutely embedded in mud, and the doctor didn't see how she could have fallen like that. I think you're hitting the heart of the matter. Miss Nichols didn't need money, and that Mr. Ligate was the mysterious stranger who paid calls to Mary Nichols. So you think there is something to this blackmail idea that was brought up? Of course. Even if this flies in the face of Mr. Lydgate's testimony? He may not have done the murder, but he was being blackmailed. How else do you explain the money that Mary Nichols was living off of? That is true. Then one must ask who killed Miss Nichols. I must now ask you a key question. Where is her sister Susan? I, I don't know. Now we'll have some tea. No, we won't. I'm going to write out a telegram, and we'll go straight on to Canterbury and send it from there. To Canterbury? Two hours' walk at least, for I don't suppose we can get a trap. And it is past three o'clock. Why not send your telegram right here from Nine Score? Mary, you are stupid. She wrote out two telegrams, one of which was at least a dozen words long, and... Once more calling to me to come along, we set out for Canterbury. I was tealess, cross, and puzzled. Lady Molly was alert, cheerful, and irritatingly active. We reached the first telegraph office a little before five. My lady sent the telegram without condescending to tell me anything of its destination or contents. Then she took me to the castle hotel and graciously offered me tea. May I be allowed to inquire whether you propose tramping back to Nine School tonight? No, Mary. I have engaged a couple of rooms at this hotel and wired to the chief that any message will find us here tomorrow morning. Now, have some of this delicious Sally Lunn tea bread. The next morning, my lady walked into my room before I had finished dressing. She had a newspaper in her hand. It was in the evening paper all right last night. I think we shall be in time. While you finish dressing, I will read it to you. The nine-score mystery, Mary Nichols' baby dying. We regret to learn that the little baby daughter of the unfortunate girl who was murdered recently at Ashcourt, nine-score Kent, under such terrible and mysterious circumstances, is very seriously ill at the cottage of Mrs. Williams, in whose charge she is. The local doctor who visited her today declares that she cannot last more than a few hours. At the time of going to press, the nature of the child's complaint was not known to our special representative. What does this mean? Telegram for Miss Grenard. Quick, Mary. I told the chief and also measures to wire here and to you. Porter, I'm still dressing. Please put it under the door, thank you. Please read the telegram. 
Mary Nichols arrived here this morning. Detained her at station. Come at once. Mary Nichols? I don't understand. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, Mary, what a wonderful thing is human nature, and how I thank heaven that gave me a knowledge of it. She made me get dressed all in a hurry. And then we swallowed some breakfast hastily whilst a fly carriage was being brought for us. I had, perforce, to satisfy my curiosity from my own interconsciousness. Lady Molly was too absorbed to take any notice of me. Evidently, the chief knew what she had done and approved of it. The telegram from Measures pointed to that. Back to nine score we went. At the police station, there was a deferential Inspector Measures who had apparently gotten orders from the yard. We met the inspector first before we went in to see Miss Nichols. The woman is Mary Nichols, right enough. The woman who was supposed to have been murdered. It's that silly, bogus paragraph about the infant that brought her out of her hiding place. I wonder how it got in. I wonder. I suppose the other sister will turn up too presently. Pretty lot of trouble she shall have now. If Mary Nichols is alive and kicking, who was murdered at Ashcourt? I wonder. Now I will go and talk to Miss Nichols. Well, you have at last made up your mind, have you, Nichols? I suppose you know that we have applied for a warrant for your arrest. What? My arrest? What for? The murder of your sister Susan. T'wasn't me? Then Susan is dead. No! Oh, oh, yes! It wasn't me! That will be for you to prove. The child cannot now, of course, remain with Mrs. Williams. She will be removed to the workhouse and... Oh, no! That shan't be! That shan't be! I, I tell you, the workhouse indeed! And her father a lord! Of course, that is true. A lord? Oh, my heaven! You knew? Yes, yes, I knew. All of the clues were there. One must look at them with a certain mental intuition. Now, Miss Nichols, tell us all or you will be arrested and your daughter sent to the workhouse. Oh, it was all my sister's idea to blackmail Mr. Lydgate. Listen to me, Miss High and Mighty, who's afraid of the dark. You're the one who got up the spout, not me. Well, I'm not the one who decided that blackmail was a good idea. You've enjoyed spending the quid, especially on that brat. You leave her out of it. I can't. Without that bastard, we wouldn't be in Quality Street. What did you call her? Bastard. Baggage. Ow! Don't get uppity with me. I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm going to collect the money. Oh, hurry, Susan. Hurry. He hadn't been fooled by Susan dressing like me. He came to me that night and pleaded and begged me to disappear. But much to my shame, I did. It was all for my daughter's sake. Did you know he had murdered your sister? Yes. I, I loved him so much, and he said he'd take care of me and my little girl, so I, I did disappear. So, so now you have caught me with your trick. You were abused by this man. Don't be a maudlin fool, Mary Grenard. The courts will handle this woman. She is not to be pitied. Without her help, her sister would be alive, and daughter would not have to be raised oh, oh, no. by strangers. No, no, you can't do this to me. Inspector Measures, take Miss Nichols away. No. 
you have been unhappy about our treatment of Mary Nichols. Now, I have come to the truth that you are right. So what was in the paper? Lionel Lydgate found out he was being investigated by the police. He threw himself in front of the express train at Grantham Railway Station and was instantly killed. Human justice cannot reach him now. Good heavens! A coward to the end! Radio Theatre Project, Theatre of the Mind, for today. Now an original short comedy satirizing a well-known science fiction TV series of the 80s, presenting Star Trek, The Next Regeneration. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship otherwise. Its continuing mission, to seek out new civilizations and new life, to blandly go where no one has gone before. Take it away, Captain Pickard. That's pronounced Picard, Ensign Silly. I am French. Gee, you don't sound French. I assure you that I'm French. Then why do you speak with an English accent? I seem to be developing a headache. I'll just go lie down in the ready room. Please send Dr. Slasher and Counselor Toy to see me. I think they are in nine backwards. Uh, Okie dokie, Captain. Hello, Dr. Slasher, Counselor Toy. Captain Pickard would like you to come to see him. He's lying down in the ready room with a headache. That's our conflict for this episode. I see. It must be a recurrence of the Andorian fever that threatened his life in episode 23. No, 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 no. I say it's symptomatic of his deep-seated loneliness of command that threatened his sanity in episode 25. The problem is physical. The problem is psychological. I've saved his life more times than you have. And I'm more compassionate. Well, I'm a mother. And I look better in a low-cut gown. And I'm gonna punch your lights out. Security to nine backwards. Immediately. What's this? An opportunity for violence? No. Counselor Toy and I were just having a disagreement. If you'll just buzz off, we'll finish our fight. I mean, our friendly disagreement. No way. As a Klankoff, I'm the only one on this ship allowed to be surly and disagreeable. Now, in the interest of ending conversation, how would you like to learn about the ancient Klankoff ritual? I'm always interested in the cultures of other races. Unlike others I could name. I'm just as interested as you are. Please continue, Lieutenant Wolf. Oh, very well. I'm only too happy to do so. I will now demonstrate for you the ancient ritual of Kali Kitchi Koo. Oh, and what does that mean? The rite of human sacrifice. Well, gee, I'd like to stay, but I'd, I'd better pick up my tricorder and see to the captain. I'll get my notes and be right with you. Works every time. Thanks, Lieutenant Wolf. Now, could you tell me where Commander Ranker is? You should be informed of this crisis. I believe he's in his quarters. Left word he was not to be disturbed. Uh, too bad for him. What the hell do you want? It's a crisis, sir. It's Captain Pickard. He's... Dead? Is he dead? Do I finally get to be captain of this rotten old tub? No, sir, but he has a very bad headache. Blast. 
Of course, it could develop into something more serious, couldn't it? I guess so. Dr. Slasher and Counselor Toy have gone to see him. Ah, then it will be something more serious. Those two will make sure of it. Well, honey, come back to bed. All six of my feet are getting cold. A word of advice to you, Ensign. Uh, what's that, sir? Never keep a woman with four arms and three breasts waiting. Now get down to engineering and inform Chief Engineer Morty and Lieutenant Commander Beta of this crisis. The way I see it, Beta, we need a means to boost shield output by 50% for at least 10 minutes duration in an emergency. What emergency? I mean, in case we ever have a real emergency. In that case, I suggest we cross-circuit the dilithium bus bars through the Wilson-Phillips drive continuum while holding the opposing neutron flow in reverse polarity. And what exactly does that mean, Beta? Nothing. It is a pseudo-technical jargon I use around humans to convince them that as an android, I have a superior intellect. By the way, Morty, I consider you to be my best friend. So you keep telling me. But I have a feeling we should have bought a VHS unit instead. If I were human, I would feel insulted. But fortunately, as an android, I have no emotional reactions. Says you. I saw the way you were coming onto that coffee machine at last year's Christmas party. I was merely performing a level one diagnostic on her circuitry in case of an emergency. What emergency? Well, just in case we ever had a real emergency, the coffee machine would function flawlessly. What good would that do us? Shut up, best friend. Emergency! 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 Why is that coffee machine never around when I need her emotional support? Hold it, Ensign Silly. What emergency? Captain Pickard has a headache. That's an emergency? Uh, Dr. Slasher and Counselor Toy have gone to help him. Now, that is an emergency. So what do we do now? Well, eventually, after a lot of milling around and confusion, we'll have another meeting of the bridge crew and discuss why humanity is superior to all other life forms in the galaxy and why we're so angst-ridden because of our violent 20th century history. So you better have a lot of charts and diagrams to point to and a list of deep philosophical quotes handy for when it's time for your close-up. I already have those things ready at hand. Oh, Captain's pet. Jealous. I'll see you on the conference room in 15 minutes and... Run alert! Run alert! All personnel report to battle stations. This is a real emergency. To the bridge. Commander Riker, what has happened? Well, she had raven dark hair and her sensual proboscis was tickling my... Not that. The emergency, you hormonal jerk. Oh, that. Well... Six ships suddenly appeared out of nowhere and englobed the otherwise. Now they are using pressor beams to push us into the heart of a nearby neutron star. But we are Federation starship. Would wish us harm. Only almost any other life form in the galaxy who resents our superior and smugly condescending attitude toward them and their planetary cultures. Then the possibilities are almost endless. A report on weapon status, sir. Go ahead, Mr. Wolf. Photon torpedoes are useless. Phaser banks are useless. Special secret weapons we've never had a chance to mention before are useless. Also, all propulsion systems are dead, and the enemy won't even answer our hails. 
perhaps we neglected to say mother may I? Shut up, Beta. Hello, Counselor Toy. What can you tell us, empathically that is, about the enemy? Tell us what they're feeling. Tell us what they're feeling. Is that all anybody on this ship can say? Doesn't anyone appreciate me for my professional skills and accomplishments? Does anyone ever compliment me on a new hairdo? No. All you want me to do is peep into other people's minds. A ship full of voyeurs. That's what this is. So, what can you tell us about the enemy? They are highly intelligent and they really don't like us. Hmm. That's all? What do you want for free? A personality profile? Nice hairdo, Counselor Toy. Shut up, Beta. Where's Captain Pickard? Still with Dr. Slasher. She's trying a new drug therapy on his headache. Was it working? I'm not sure. They left for his private quarters to continue the treatment. I wonder if even that could make the captain smile. All right, crew. What's the status of this emergency? Wait, John Luck. I haven't certified you fit for duty yet. Well, am I? Let me run a few more tests on you. I couldn't take that right now. Party pooper. Unidentified ships have surrounded us and are forcing us into the heart of a neutron star where we will perish horribly. Perhaps we merely misunderstand their intentions. They may be trying to help us. By pushing us into a neutron star? Well, I... Lieutenant Woof, open a channel to the enemy vessel. Yes, sir. Channel open, sir. Already unidentified vessel. This is Captain John Luck Picard of the Federation ship Otherwise. Well, la-di-da. And we are unidentified. We know exactly who we are. You are the one in ignorance of the situation. Have we in some way offended against your cultural taboos? No. Have we in some way invaded a restricted military area? No. Then why are you pushing us into the heart of a neutron star? Uh, to kill you, of course. Uh, you're not very bright, are you? But that's a naked act of aggression. You said it. Want to see another? At least tell us who you are. Oh, all right. We are the scriptwriters. We're doomed! Diana, can you tell me what I'm thinking right now? That's no trick. Any woman can tell what you're thinking all the time. Okay. Then how about I meet you in a few minutes on Holodeck 3? Finally, it's party time! Will, what are you doing? Initiating emergency plan Alpha Sigma Bravo 2. What is that? When doomed, party till you cack. Go out with a smile. See you around, Captain. That's mutiny! That's right. What are you going to do about it? You're all on report. Boy, am I scared. Let's go, everybody. The champagne is going flat. Well, Beta, that leaves only you and I to see our duty through to the end. That's only because I'm programmed to follow your orders blindly. Otherwise, I would be at the party. Oh, well, I'll take what I can get. We'll just stand bravely here on the bridge while the neutron star looms to engulf us comes ever closer. Yes, sir. By the way, Captain, nice hairdo. Shut up, Beta.
This has been Radio Theater Project, an anthology of modern radio theater, presented by KSVR Studios. Radio Theater Project, theater of the mind for today.